0: Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands,
1: the Second Amendment, and good food. All right, what's going on, everybody? Jim, I'm going to open this one, which I rarely do, actually. You have all these, you always have these nice, twisty, turny opens. They're elaborate. I'm more of a jump right iner.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. Well, and plus, we were just discussing off the cast here with uh, Brittany, who's new to the
1: podcast team, Mm -hmm. that I had no idea
0: what the hell was going on, to be honest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, right, wrong, otherwise, I guess I'm taking the reins on this one. But I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. Okay. What do you know about reloading? Next to nothing. All I know is that there's these people called brass rats
0: that go around the range, pick up spent cases off the ground, Yes. Apparently. And their own sometimes. And sometimes they have little nifty contraptions that catch their own brass as it comes out of the rifle. They've got all these fancy plastic containers full of, full of cartridges. They talk about reloading nonstop. and They, they use just, lots of words. They use lots of, lots of big words. They talk about math. They use numbers. And
1: they hang out in their basements a lot. Question two. What do I know about reloading? Probably about as much as S- I know. Same. I was going to say same. Right. So then I would say it just makes sense that you and I are going to embark on a reloading adventure. An adventure in learning, but to the next level, because we're going to take all this knowledge and these processes and these things and these, these this math and these words that you speak of, and we're going to implement them in quite possibly... One of the most challenging scenarios on this shooting earth, the vortex extreme.
0: Yeah, why not? Yeah, it just makes sense. Most people would reload, you know, their first cartridges or something like that. Get into the hobby, and then take it to the range and shoot a couple shots. You know, maybe step back, tie a rope to their uh, string to their trigger, mm-hmm. stand far away, lock it down, pull the trigger. Hopefully their face doesn't blow off, you know, or at least that that method would ensure that their face wouldn't blow off. If there was a catastrophe. And if that works out, then they might get behind the gun and shoot a couple of shots, you know, but that's about it. But instead, no, we're going to load up a bunch of rounds and take them to the extreme. We will do some testing, actually, on these things. We're,
1: yeah, we'll do we'll do some testing. We're going to do this. What you just described is probably what we should do. <laughs> but just like we jumped right into the intro on this podcast, we're just going to jump right in. That's right. Both feet. Go that's for right. it. So the Vortex Extreme, for those who are not familiar, we should probably
0: explain this too. We had a couple podcasts on it last year because the first time uh, we did it in Wyoming was last year. Mm -hmm. And and what it is is a long-range shooting competition slash endurance race, you could say. Yes. And it's a test of your mental and physical just perseverance and also your precision and marksmanship so, it's out in Douglas, Wyoming, and we essentially hike with everything on our backs, and you're with a partner, which is kind of cool, you know. Uh, not often do you join into a shooting competition where you have a partner with you the entire yep. time. Strong team element all the way through. Exactly. And you make your way through the deserty, hilly, mountainous To person from Wisconsin. I would say mountainous. I don't know if they consider it mountainous out there, but it's it's definitely steep country, about not between nine and ten miles or so yep total with 10 shooting stations a total of 80 rounds are fired over the course of 10 shooting stations and essentially every time you get up to a station there are four targets there you've got them from distances could be as close as 80 yards and you have to shoot it offhand all the way out to 1200 yards I think was the long one last year and you shoot it you're, you're Partner spotting for you. They shoot it. You're spotting for them. You're on the clock. You're trying to get through. You're in an uncomfortable position because you don't have a nice little shooting mat to shoot off of. Uh, unless you brought that along with you, then you got to carry the weight and all that and have setup time wasted using that. Otherwise, you're just in the rocks and the dirt shooting these things, and it's a good time.
1: No, it is. It's, very, it's a very practical, real-world competition slash shooting scenarios that We'll test uh, test your physical metal and your shooting prowess, and yeah, kind of modeled after many like hunting scenarios, like a Western hunting
0: scenario, in that you know you have to hike in essentially to your spot. You have various potential shooting lanes so to speak or shooting opportunities and everything all the targets out there are just in with the natural terrain so it's you know you're not at like a big giant wide open flat range with a berm at the back where there's just targets scattered on on kind of flat ground the targets are intermixed amongst the trees the sagebrush the rocks and you got to find them you know find them engage them help your partner get on target so that's a pretty sweet aspect to it and i think that there are a lot of hunters out there who join in this to get the get the kind of exercise and test their endurance before hunting season starts because this happens at the beginning of august there's a lot of also precision shooter guys you know kind of like your uh, long range prs kind of shooters or even some maybe f class guys or other shooters like that who want to test out their their rifles maybe they got a new rifle or they want to just implement a new twist into their competition shooting lifestyle. And a lot of those guys are also reloading ammunition as well. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that one thing that's kept me out of reloading, I would say, Mark, and I don't know if it's the same for you, reloading, it's not that I'm not interested. It's not that I don't care. It's that every time that I think, okay, this is going to be the year, this is going to be the time that I begin reloading my own ammunition, I start looking it up. I start asking some people around here, and I think, all i always got to do is just get a press kit, you know, get some bullets, powder, primer, cases, and I'm good, right? I can just kind of go downstairs... Well, and then all of a sudden, you start asking around. You start looking up stuff, and then people are mentioning you. Well, you know, if you get the kit, you're also going to need this. You're going to need that. And, you know, then you start looking up the directions, and there's like a bazillion different kinds of powders out there. People are talking about, well, you know, you can use this powder when it's this temperature outside, but this powder, you know, is better for this temperature, or this powder doesn't throw as well, or this powder doesn't fit in that case as well, or you got to make sure you don't use that powder or else you blow your face off. And, I mean, so many different things. Case size, you know, like all these, whatever. I mean, that was the first case sizing is, is one thing that just pops into my head. You know, there's case sizing, neck sizing, full length. You know, are you, uh, are you annealing? Are you whatever? And it just all of a sudden just becomes so overwhelming to the point that I'm like, you know what? I just go
1: buy the stuff. Yep. I was going to use two words. Overwhelming. Intimidating. Yeah. And. You know, you can go out and you can get a box of twenty. You can get a couple of those and you
0: can go shoot the Vortex Extreme.
1: But and factory ammo is so good now. It is
0: good now. It is good. It and, comes
1: per twenty in a pretty little box. I don't know. The boxes
0: do look pretty cool. I do like the way the boxes look. But you do hear a lot of folks out there though, like when I go to the range and I see somebody who's shooting like just bug hole groups, like like one hole, and I look at and I look at him. Almost always, mm-hmm. they're loading up their own ammo. And they will let you know that they're loading their own ammo because they'll go through and they'll tell you the exact kind of powder they're using, the exact amount of grains they're using. Some of them are literally taking out razor blades and splitting kernels of powder in order to get just the right stuff. I mean, they're going through, and they, you know, they probably know a lot about, too, how the rifle's set up and whatnot. Maybe they even built it themselves. But, yeah, it just seems so scary to get into, almost. Just, like... If I get into it, I feel like it'd be a waste of my time because I don't have enough time to devote to figuring out all that stuff needed. And even if I did, let's say I listen to this one guy over here, right? Okay, he's laying it out in a way that makes sense for me, Mm -hmm. okay? You know, or or she or whatever. Laying it out in a way that makes sense for me. And just when I think I got it, I go over to somebody else, somebody else say, oh, you're thinking about getting into reloading? Yeah, I'm going to get, you know, like whatever. I'm going to get this, that. I'm going to load up these, this, uh... Grain weight bullet. I'm going to use this powder, and then oh, you're gonna, well,
1: you're going to do it that way. You're going
0: to do it that way, huh? Well, I don't know about that. You know, I think I would rather have you know go in and get this piece of equipment and get that, and then it's just it's all up. You know, it's like it, it makes me wonder: does anybody actually like you know? There's reloading manuals, and there's all that. But nobody seems to follow the manuals perfectly. They all have their own little... It's like cooking. It's like, that's a good way... Everybody's, you know, there's the recipe books everywhere. And if you just followed them, you could make something good. But everybody's got, oh, well, if you if you go in there and you add that little tweak or you use this type of
1: pan or you use whatever, then it'll get, you know, you can make it really good. It's way better. Well, and I think that boils down to, like, many things, right? There's more than one way to skin a cat. Right, So, mm-hmm. people, and people are going to have... They're going to find what works for them, and I think probably what they're finding also is what's working for them and maybe a particular rifle. So maybe what is... And I'm speculating here because I'm not a professional reloader by... I'm not, I'm not a reloader yet. Right, right. Yet. Yet. So anyway, I think this will be good. This is going to be a good exercise for us. I think there's a lot of folks out there that are probably a lot like us in this regard. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be... Uh, an exploratory mission—it's something uh, new. Luckily, we have a lot of reloaders here at Vortex, so we can suck off their pool of knowledge, and should be fun. <laughs> that was an interesting phrase to use. I, yeah, I, I saw know. you. I saw your eyes get kind of. I was of like, "What is he going to say?" Sorry.
0: Okay, back on track though, but. Yes, we've gotten a ton of questions, too. We've done some reloading episodes. If you're still, if you're curious about the topic of reloading, we've done 101, and I think we called it either 102 or 201 or something like that. And we brought some people in. Those have been... We've looked at the metrics. Those have been very popular episodes for us. A lot of you listened to them. And uh, a lot of questions came in on that. So we figured, why not sort of wrap the whole reloading topic up into an adventure where we actually apply it to... The Vortex Extreme, I can't think of a better way to apply it because it would apply to competition shooters, hunters, and uh, we will be reloading for primarily, of course, precision. We're not necessarily going to be doing it for volume like a three-gun shooter might for pistol or two two three ammo. If you're interested in that, perhaps there's something else we can uh, do in the future. As far as a podcast goes, I'm sure there may be a number of people curious about that, but we will be reloading for precision. Spoiler alert, at this time of recording this intro, we actually have already acquired all of the necessary pieces to the puzzle. And I would say that as I've now looked at it, as we've now started acquiring tools, acquiring the necessary equipment and consumables, it's starting to seem less scary, a little Mm -hmm. bit less overwhelming. And we're going to get this set up. You'll see, as part of this pod Podventure series, we're going to talk about everything you need, how the actual reloading process goes in a semi-live format. We're going to give you guys an example of some testing out on the range. You know, when you see people out there and they're chronographing stuff, you know, they got all kinds of stuff strapped up to their rifle, they shoot one round, they wait a while, they shoot a three-hole, round, you know, whatever, and then all of a sudden they, they use different charges to try and find whatever the heck a node is. We will be finding <laughs> We will be finding that, and then we'll give you guys an update, too, from the extreme when we're actually there to tell you how this thing went. Does that sound about right, Mark? That sounds about right. So follow along and let us know what you guys think. And if you have any questions, too, always hit us up because we can always make follow-ups Absolutely. and answer
1: those. Hopefully we can find our node, Jim. Hopefully we can find our node.
0: With that said... Go on and listen to the next episode within this pod venture, where we talk about everything you need, truly, literally, everything that you need. You go through it,
1: it's all named, all there. All, and not and even, if you watch on YouTube, you'll see it all. Everything you need, but kind of three paths you can take from its most simplistic form, which I'll say this, Jim, when we looked at reloading, I'm going to make this longer like I always do. It's all right. When we looked at reloading in its most simplistic form, that's actually what made me feel better about what we've got going on You can reload with a couple pieces of metal and a hammer, and you're going to have to hear about that on the next one.
0: All All right. right. Bye. Bye. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show, maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like, so that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released. So that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you could take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So again, everybody, thanks and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.